today and welcome to another great message from Mr. Christian Outreach Church. We pray you'll be inspired and equipped by this teaching. For more information on Noosa Christian Outreach Church, please check out our website at noosacoc.org.au. Enjoy. You know, uh, as I as I watch the the um, the news this week, you know that was dominated by those horrific acts in in Brussels. I, I um, you know, you, your heart breaks for families of people that you don't know, and you know it's just this little increment of what what Jesus went through. You know, his his heart was broken for all of humanity, and every now and then we we. We know a loss personally, but then we, we hear of a loss on the other side of the planet that touches our hearts deeply because we know that, that someone has lost someone they love. And, uh, you know, I was, I was reminded of uh, Zacharias, who was John the Baptist's father. <clears throat> and he prophesied over John the Baptist, over his son. And, you know, you can read that in, in Luke chapter, in the end of Luke chapter 1. And... He says, that towards the end of his prophecy, he says these words. He says, In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us to shine on those who dwell in darkness and the shadow of death and to guide our feet on the road of peace. You know, my prayer for, for this planet right now is that, you know, we would receive that, that new light from on high, that dawn the dawn from on high, and that he would guide our feet to the road of peace. Because this earth of ours needs a little healing right now, doesn't it? It needs a saviour. It needs liberation. And this very day, this day that we celebrate, this Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, is such a significant moment for all of humanity to acknowledge. Why don't you turn with me in your Bibles this morning to Luke chapter 24. We're going to read and we're going to talk about that great day. And uh, we'll, we'll start a little bit with Mary, but I want to focus this morning on these two men, well, these two people. One was definitely a man. We don't know, necessarily know who the other one was. That were walking to Emmaus, which is about seven miles from, or ten, around ten, just over ten kilometers from Jerusalem. Luke 24. Now on the first, starting from verse 1. Now on the first... Day of the week, the Sunday, after the very first Good Friday, very early in the morning, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and some others with them came to the tomb of Jesus, bringing the spices which they had prepared for him. When they arrived, they found that the stone in front of Jesus' tomb had been rolled away. Then they went in, and they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus inside his tomb. And it happened, verse 4, as they were greatly perplexed about this, that behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. Fear fell upon the ladies and their faces, they bowed their faces to the earth. And the angel said to them these great words, Why do you seek the living among the dead. He is not here. He is risen. 
Remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and the third day rise again. Now, what the, the, they were blessed and amazed by this. So that these, these, these bunch of ladies, they, they went back to, to tell the disciples of, of Jesus what they had seen and what they had heard. And, uh, you know, when they went back there, the disciples didn't actually believe them. They thought they were telling tales. And Peter, he took off and, and he, he found that the tomb was empty as well. And, and then let's pick it up again in verse 13. So also after this had happened... Two men, we think, were traveling that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was seven miles from Jerusalem. And they talked together of all these things which had happened. I don't know about you, but I, I like to, to uh, imagine, you know, these two guys walking along the road. These two guys who were followers of Jesus, they're walking along um, the road and they just experienced through these through that whole passion week jesus entering jerusalem you know everyone chanting hosanna to the son of david and then a week later they you know they 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 they're they're all yelling out crucify crucify him that he's crucified and and they they know that jesus said on the third day rise and today's that third day so they're wondering what's going to happen and then and um and then Mary comes into town where they all are and declares that, 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 that he's not there, that he is risen. And uh, so they're having this discussion, these two guys, they're walking along the road, having this discussion about all these events that had gone down over the last few days. What an amazing time to be alive. Can you imagine being there, seeing all that go down and then wondering what's going to happen next? You know, I, I, I imagine myself walking along that road, having a discussion and, uh, and then in verse 15, it says, so, so it was while they conversed and reasoned that Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were restrained so that they did not know him. So here's this straight to them, this stranger, but it, we know it's Jesus. And he said to them, what kind of conversation is this that you have with one another as you walk along so sad? Then one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answered and said to him are you the only stranger in jerusalem that does not know the things which happened here this day and he said to them what things so they said to him the things concerning jesus of nazareth who was a prophet mighty in deed and word before god and all the people and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned condemned to death and crucify him. Verse 21, but we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all this, today is the third day since these things happened. Yes, and certain women of our company who arrived at the tomb early astonished us when they did not find his body. They came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Here's two guys telling Jesus that he's alive. And he goes, I know, it's me. They did. And then certain of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said. But him they did not see. This is a great line. I love this, what Jesus says in verse 25. He says this, he says to them, O foolish ones, and of slow heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. 
here's Jesus, you know, they all know their history so well. They learnt it from, from their childhood all the way through. They learnt the prophecies of the coming Messiah. They learnt that, that he was going to die exactly how Jesus died. They learnt that, you know, he said, seriously, how much has to happen for you to believe that I am the Saviour? You know, I think to myself, Josh, how much has to happen for you to believe? How much has to happen for you to be convinced time and again that I am the God of the follow-through? I'm the God who is always present. I'm the God who is always with you. I am the God that no matter how low you get, no matter how high you get, I am consistently there, ever-present, all-powerful, all-knowing. Yet each time a new problem presents itself or a new piece of greatness that I find in myself, I tend to either belittle myself or glorify myself and forget that he exists. But he's saying to me today, and I believe he's saying to all of us, Noosa, how long are you going to be slow of heart? What, how much has to happen for you to believe every day that I am enough? I am enough. Verse 26, he says this, he says, Ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And here's Jesus, the stranger to these guys. Verse 27, And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. So as they're walking, it's about a, 10 kilometers, will probably take about two hours. And and as they're walking along the road to Emmaus, here's this stranger unpacking scripture, unpacking prophecy from Moses all the way through to that day then of why, why what happened is actually Jesus being crucified and, and being risen. He unpacks it for them. You know, first he says, look, you're a little bit foolish, but here, the, here we go. My grace is sufficient, so I'll walk you through. Let's do it again from the beginning. Let's walk through the scriptures. Let's unpack them all the way so that you can gain a fresh understanding, a fresh revelation that this Jesus, who they say is alive, it's, it's predictable. It's been delivered over and over again. It's been prophesied. It's been declared. You've seen his miracles. He raised people from the dead himself, and now he has been risen from the dead. He is alive. Isn't it great that Jesus took the time to go back and unpack it all again for them? He didn't just reveal himself. You know, we, sometimes we want the Lord just to go, look, here I am. But he didn't do that. He says, don't just live in the moment. Don't just live in the moment. Don't just look for me just in the moment. He says, have a knowing that goes from the beginning all the way till now and goes all the way through to eternal life. Because he says, you don't want to just live in the now of Jesus. You need to know that I'm the God who always was. I'm the God who always will be. And when you get that revelation, then I can truly be effective as the God of right now. We love the God of right now because he deals with the miraculous. He deals with the, with the amazing. He deals with the substance that we want to see every day. But the reality is we need to know the God who always was the God of creation. We need to know the God who is, who is coming again. We need to know that Jesus, there's going to be a glorious appearance of Jesus when he comes again. In verse 28, they drew near to the village where they were going and Jesus indicated that he would keep going. 
but they constrained him saying abide with us as in come and stay with us for the night for it is toward evening and the day is far spent so jesus he went to stay with them now it came to pass as they jesus sat down at the table with them he's he is dining with them but jesus took the bread broke it blessed it and as he did that as he gave it to them their eyes were open and they knew who he was and then immediately jesus disappeared so they went through this whole day but then when they broke bread with jesus he opened their eyes and they immediately knew who he was and this this is my this is one of the greatest lines i think in verse 32 he says one of them says to the other he says did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us on the road and while he opened the scriptures to us can you imagine these guys going how does this stranger know all this stuff how is he unpacking all this stuff how does he have all this wisdom beyond everyone else we've spoken to over the, about this stuff these guys you can can you imagine the chatter in jerusalem after jesus was crucified the place would have been buzzing you know if they had social media back then praise the lord they didn't but you, you know it would have been hot wouldn't it it would have been hot with the chatter and let me tell you it it, it would have been real yet these guys are hearing next level chatter aren't they from this stranger who is this who is this strange man who is this man who knows seems to know more of than everybody else this one who seems to be able to unpack scripture perfectly and declare that what has happened is what has been prophesied and you can imagine them going what's happening here and then after jesus reveals himself and then disappears they look at each other and they go man that was pretty real wasn't it that was pretty real. Can you imagine what those guys went through? They, 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 you know, they said, did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us on the road and while he opened the scriptures to us? Let me tell you, that same spirit that was on Jesus to declare his hope, to declare the prophecy to those two guys walking on the streets is on you to declare that same hope to the people in your world. And let me tell you, people's hearts will burn as you declare the hope of the God who always was and the God who always will be and the God who can be right now. So they rose that very hour and returned to Jerusalem, found the eleven, and those who were with them gathered together saying, the Lord is risen indeed. He's alive, church. He is alive. The Marys, you know, they, they, they heard the angel's words, he is alive. Mary met Jesus. He was alive. Two disciples on the road met Jesus, alive from the dead. The disciples, they met Jesus alive from the dead. Even doubting Thomas met Jesus, touched him, alive from the dead. 500 people in that, those, those 40 days after Jesus rose from the dead, 500 people saw Jesus alive from the dead. The message went out, he's alive. The message still goes out through your life today that he is alive. That's, that's what your life speaks to humanity. That's what the 2.2 billion believers on the planet, that's what their lives speak to humanity, that Jesus is alive and he's bringing hope and he's bringing peace 
and he's bringing mercy and he's bringing a, a, a peace that goes beyond our understanding. When we look at the, the tragedies of loss of human life on our planet right now, there is a peace that we need that goes beyond understanding so that we can inject hope into those situations instead of revenge. It was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. Acts chapter 2 says. Two mighty acts happened on that weekend. One was of Jesus as a man. Submitting his will to God's will. See, two things had to happen. Jesus as a man had to lay down his life. He had, to, he had to be the perfect sacrifice so that we could be free. As a man, he had to submit his will to God's will. Notice how when he prayed in the garden, he said, Lord, please take this cup from me. I don't know if I, as a man, can handle it. He was speaking out of his humanity. He said, I don't know if I can handle this. Please take this cup from me. But nevertheless, I submit my will to your will. Your will be done. Jesus had to submit. The greatest act of liberty was when Jesus gave up his will as a man to God's will so that we could be free. And then the next thing that happened was the Lord raised him from the dead and glorified him into that place at his right hand where he rightfully belonged. Two mighty acts. Now we spoke on Friday about remembering his death. Why does he ask us, I wonder, to remember his death and not, always, not remember his resurrection? We, we, remember, we love remembering his resurrection, but he asked us to remember his death. That's what when we take communion. I wonder if it's because for us to walk in the glory of God, we need to first submit our will to his will. We need to first take that act where we give, actually give our life to him. See, we love the res- wouldn't it be great if the, law, if the resurrection power of the Lord just came into humanity and just dealt with everything right now? Wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't it be fantastic if, if, if all of humanity was redeemed and that every living soul on this planet was either a brother or a sister and we, la- we lived in peace and harmony? But he said, before you can walk in my peace, you need to die as Christ died. And the way you die is you give up your will and submit your life to my will. So we remember Jesus' death because we need to make that same sacrifice. We need to give up living in our glory and start giving him glory. And when we give him glory, that's when we see peace on earth. When the church, when those 2.2 billion Christians living right now, when all of those people give up their own will and start living according to his will, let me tell you, the peace on earth will be very different to what we see right now. There's a challenge to, to the believers on this planet that we are no longer to be Christians by nomination. We are to be Christians by submission. We need to give up our will and walk according to his will and we'll see peace reign like never before. You know, the, um, Kristen did the, 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 he is risen. You know, he is risen indeed. Have I shared with you where that came from, that that, 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 that greeting that was in the church all those years ago when, when someone would say, he is risen, and the response would be, he is risen indeed. There was a, there was a Christian who was about to be martyred and, uh, you know, wasn't a safe place to be a Christian back in the, in the, in the, hun- in the, the early 100 ADs. And, 
and there was all this persecution and this, this one man went to be, it was an unknown, they don't even know his name, he went to be martyred and when he, he was placed there to be put to death, just before he died, he called out, he is risen. And little be known to the, to the soldiers, who, or, to those who were, who were doing, the, doing the killing, that there were Christians hidden all through the mountain fields, all through the ranges, all around this area. And it's like the mountains were calling back. He is risen indeed. Can you imagine those soldiers as they put this man to death? He called out, he is risen. And then out of nowhere, out of the mountains, out of the, behind the trees, from everywhere, thousands of Christians called out with one voice. He is risen indeed. One of the great statements of history, why do you look for the living among the dead? Why do you look for satisfaction on earth? The earth cannot sustain you. Jesus said to the woman at the well, I will give you a water and you will never thirst again. If your satisfaction is from things in the natural, you will thirst again. You will want something else. You will want more because that car will wear out. That, that person will get old. That haircut will change in fashion. Those skinny jeans now need to be wide jeans. Whatever your satisfaction is on earth, it is not lasting. The earth has an end date on it. And he's saying, why do you look for satisfaction? Why do you look for the living amongst the dead? He's saying, do not find your satisfaction here. Find it in me. He says, when you have the water that I have to give you, when you have eternal life, you will never thirst again. When Peter Peter gave the, you know, it was filled with the Spirit. In Jerusalem, and he preached to all those people who were coming together for Passover, and he and he talked about Jesus of Nazareth. Nazareth. He talked about them nailing him to the cross. He talked about them putting him to death. And then he said this: these words. He said, "God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death, because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him." There's good news from beyond the grave, church. The tomb is empty. Jesus is risen. The devil could not hold him down. Death has lost its sting. Grave, the grave has lost its victory. We need not fear death anymore. I love the words of the great Bruno Benz, he says, which I've shared many times. He said, everybody's terminal, but everybody is eternal. He is risen, church. Jesus said that it was necessary for him to die and to rise from the dead. Why is that in 1 Corinthians 15, starting at verse 14, it says this, if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty and your faith is also empty. And if Christ is not risen, your faith is futile and you're still living in your sins. But now but now the truth is christ is risen from the dead and has become the first fruits of those who have died he has become the first fruits of those who have who have risen consider how much hangs on those words but now before jesus had had risen we had separation from from god but now because jesus is risen 
we are fully connected. We have the opportunity to call ourselves the sons and the daughters of God. The term first fruits, you know, it refers to the first part of the harvest. God is saying, one day all of my children will rise like my son. All of my children will rise. Not one of them will be left in the grave. Every one of them will rise like Jesus Christ. How will we rise, church? We'll rise immortal, incorruptible, perfected, completed, glorified, free from sickness, delivered from death. Sin gone forever. Human frailty disappeared. Personality retained, internally endowed. Supernaturally restored. All the defects finally gone. Healthy bodies, clear minds, undivided hearts, in company with all of the saints of all of the ages in a multitude that no one can number. We'll gather around the throne, we'll rejoice, we'll laugh and we'll sing. We will know each other more deeply. We will, we will love more completely and we will see more clearly than ever before. We'll still be who we are. We will be more than we have ever been. We will become what we always wanted. We will finally see our loved ones who died in the Lord. We will meet those who went before us. We will see the saints of old. We will get to know Abraham and Esther. We'll get to know the Apostle Paul. We'll get to know Peter. We'll get to know Augustine and Aquinas and Luther. We'll get to know Finney. We'll get to know Spurgeon. We'll get to know all these mighty people of God. We'll get to know Mother Teresa. We'll get to know Joan of Arc. Surely, church, surely, church, goodness and mercy will follow us all the days of our life. And we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's what this day is all about. There's things for us to endure in life. But surely, church, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives. He is never, he's never not with you. He is always with you. Sometimes you may feel that he's not with you and he says, I am always with you. I will never leave you, nor will I forsake you. I am always with you and we will all dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Those guys who are handing out communion could do that now. That'd be great. And the band could jump up. This is what the earliest Christians believed. This is what Christians all around the world believe right now. 2,000 years ago, Jesus came back from the dead, never to die again. He's taken up to heaven where he now sits at the right hand of God, where he rightfully sits at the right hand of the God, the Almighty. And one day soon he will return as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And in that great day, the dead shall rise in Christ first. There's a lot of people who doubt this, but let me say this, let the doubters doubt, because on that wonderful day, when Jesus returns, we will know, and they will know. Today and every day, we gladly join with all believers. We gladly join with all believers and Christians everywhere, declaring that Jesus is alive forevermore. Many things divide us in our faith. Music divides us. 
Small doctrines divide us. Attitudes divide us. Offenses divide us. Countries divide us. But there is one thing that unites us. That Jesus is risen. Because he rose, we too shall rise. Death will not have the last word. The grave will not win in the end. So therefore our preaching has purpose. Our faith is real. Our death is not the end. And our service has significance. Our Lord, the Christ, the Son of the living God, has conquered the grave. He has conquered the grave. Remind yourself this morning, church, as you, as you walk this day out, that our, our, the Christ, the Son of the living God, has conquered the grave, and now we are free. If you're looking for Jesus today, you can meet him right here, right now. You can meet him right here, right now. His name is Jesus of Nazareth. He's called the Son of God. He loved you so much that he sent his son to die on the cross so that you could be free and have eternal life. That's the good news, my friend. That is the good news. He's still waiting for you. He's still waiting for you. The living Lord Jesus Christ would love to meet you this morning. Simply say in your heart right now, Simply say in your heart right now, Lord Jesus, I want to meet you. Thank you for dying on the cross, for rising from the dead. I put my trust in you as my saviour. Amen. Why don't you stand with me this morning? Heavenly Father, we thank you for your wonderful message of grace. We thank you that as we come together on this Easter Resurrection Sunday, that Jesus, who died, now lives again, never again to face the grave. Lord, be born anew in our hearts today. Let your faith arise in us and banish our tears, banish our fears, banish our doubts, Lord. We submit our will again to you this morning, Father. You know, as we take communion this morning, let's imagine those two guys walking along the road from Jerusalem to Emmaus. Let's imagine them. And then Jesus reveals himself. At some point in your life, Jesus revealed himself to you. And you say, I now know this Jesus and I give my life to him. So let's consider when those guys, when he disappeared and they said to themselves, did not our heart burn within us? while he talked with us on the road and walked through the scriptures with us. Consider Jesus as we take these emblems this morning. Consider what he said to you. Consider what he's done for you. The Lord Jesus, on the same night which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he said, take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me.
And in the same manner, he took the cup after supper, saying these words. This cup is the new covenant of my blood. As often as you do this, remember me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let's pray, church. Father, we thank you that we serve a risen Savior. Father, we thank you that your liberty lives in us. We thank you that your hope resides in us. We thank you that your spirit of truth lives in our hearts, Lord, resides in our hearts, Father. We are we're so thankful that you went before us. We thank you, Lord, that you first loved us, so now that we can choose to love you. Lord, we take our will. We take our desires, Lord. Lord, you know what they are. Lord, we, we, we submit them to your holy throne of grace right now, Lord. And we say your will be done in our lives. And we declare peace on earth to all men and all women and all children on every planet, in every nation, to every language. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, we declare. You are risen. Let's sing, church.